Hey guys, what's up? You're listening to the MF CEO Project Podcast. I'm Andy Frisella. I'm here with my co-host, Vaughn Kohler. Um, and today we are joined by a special guest, Teresa DePasquale from Tampa, Florida, who is also an entrepreneur um, in her own right and has come up with a number of successful businesses. And we're going to talk about a few things. Um, what's the MF CEO Podcast about? Um, well, 16 years ago, me and my partner, we started a business uh, with $12,000 that we got from painting the stripes on parking lots, and we rolled that into a company 17 years later that does annual revenue over um, $100 million a year. So basically what we want to do is we want to bring uh, a mentorship aspect to people who may not have mentors. Um, we want to bring you guys the truth, uh, the no sugarcoat no bullshit reality of business and um, <clears throat> we want to help you guys realize what can be achieved because in today's society it is very common for everyone to be negative and we're going to try to get you guys the tools you need to uh, to be positive and, and to make results happen so uh, I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna get started here on a couple questions um, before I do uh, Vaughn you were just mentioning to me that your wife is from Poland. Yeah, she's from Poland. She's an immigrant. She is. She grew up in uh, another town, however, that has more Polish people than most Polish towns. What do you mean? Chicago. Oh, yeah, there you go. Chicago actually has almost almost more Poles than like Krakow and uh, more some Poles? of the... More Poles, yeah. <laughs> what kind of Poles? Yeah. Uh, like dollar bill Poles? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they, the problem they run into in uh, sporting events in Poland, you know that, don't you? The problem is wherever you sit, you're always sitting behind a pole. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. no, but she, so like, uh, she's you guys fluent. change a light bulb at your house. You gotta, you guys gotta do it together and stuff like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. What's funny is I told her that I'm, I, you know, I'm old enough that in the '80s all the jokes were about Polish people. Yeah. And uh, and I, you know, I, I'm probably gonna offend uh, everybody in our audience is Polish, but I love Poles. Um, they're great. Um, yeah. I and, we all uh, know you love Poles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I walked into that one. I, yeah, I love yeah. Polish women. Uh, should should say or, or one in uh, particular. Teresa, you're Polish. One right? in particular. No. Yeah. When we were just talking about you're you're Polish. Portuguese. Oh, Portuguese. Yes. Well, I think we other, should have a con a, a contest on how to spell Teresa's last name. Why is it tricky? Uh, D Pasquale. Is yeah, that how you, you said say it? Yeah, that was perfectly. Actually. All right. Well, yeah. see, like I said, I'm used to my my wife's. That's uh, a nice, nice. That's actually good Italian, Italian name. Exactly. Yeah. 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 The the Polish language is just a bunch of consonants thrown together. It's it's impossible to learn. But yeah, no, she was flown over here. She escaped communism. She you know? did. Yeah, yeah. Back in the eighties, Ronald Reagan said, "Anybody want to escape communism? Communism, we'll help you out." She like so, jumped the uh, Berlin Wall. She was born in Berlin because uh, her parents were were out of uh, were out of the country when she was born. But yeah, yeah. Hmm. So there's a piece of the Berlin Wall and. In Missouri, you know that, I saw right? that. Was yeah. that you? That, yeah. You went and saw that? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's pretty cool. It's an awesome place. Like yeah. Churchill Museum. Yeah. Where is it? Yeah. Uh, it's in Fulton, Missouri. At huh. uh, Westminster. I, I think I saw that on your Instagram. Westminster College. Yeah. And that was cool. Yeah. So, but uh, Teresa, so you're going you're gonna to join us today, huh? I am. Are you going to add pithy, insightful comments? Hopefully. That's yeah. normally my job. But. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Teresa, tell us a little bit about what you do and your, your entrepreneurial history. I know it, but uh, nobody else does. So, 
Um, well, currently I am the founder of Bikini Boss Fitness. So basically it's an online fitness business, but we've basically branched out now. We have a couple different divisions. So I have a competitive team. I do content delivery programs. I have coaches. I have an online store. Um, and we've kind of started steamrolling into like almost a little multi-level business as well. So that's Very my cool. current venture. Um, and before that, you owned some gyms and clubs and things like that, right? Yes. Some yep. brick and mortar businesses. Yep, I had two gyms in Tampa. Yeah. She's evolved basically from very similar to how we have uh, started with brick and mortar type businesses and then evolved Moved into online. more online type businesses, mm -hmm. which is very similar to what we do as well. Um, <clears throat> so, Vaughn, what are we talking about today? Uh, we're talking about something that people have been asking questions. They've been sending, uh, sending questions to ask Andy at the mfco.com and one of the common questions we get it has to do with this topic of ideas various uh, questions that go along with that um you know how do you what do you do when you're when you're really passionate uh, and you're willing to work hard but you just don't have an idea for a product or a business uh, or if you have an idea uh how do you know if it's a million dollar idea that sort of thing so i, I just thought yeah. we'd talk a little bit about that yeah man i think that's that's definitely one of the most common questions that i get even through email or in person or, or whatever um <clears throat> you know people always ask how do i know what idea or what route i should take and i i feel like you know that is that's a very difficult question for somebody to answer because the reality is is that that answer can really only come from the person that's asking the question so it's it's an introspective type Mm -hmm. question you know you have to be able to look at yourself um, and decide that on your own it's not something that somebody can decide for you because in the reality if, if somebody does that you're gonna end up being on a road that you're not sure was even the road that you picked right and then when things get tough you're gonna say man I didn't choose to be here so-and-so told me to do this right you know so it's, it's important to know that you have to come up with the answer to that question on your own mm -hmm. um, and, and I guess, you know, what we could do is probably start to walk people through that process. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think that... Why don't, why don't you just, I mean, like, how did you literally yeah, come up with know, the idea to have a supplement business? What was the process there? You know, my story's a little... It's almost like I, I don't... Uh, the way it worked out for me isn't like what I try to teach people to do. Mm -hmm. it, it just kind of worked out. Um, you know, I talk a lot about how important it is to, to follow something that you're passionate about and follow something that, um, you know, that you're interested in and figuring out how to monetize that business. And that's not how it worked for us. I mean, if I'm being completely honest, you know, um, we did the same thing a lot of entrepreneurs do in the beginning is they, they focus on the money, okay? So Chris and I, when we were young, <clears throat> you know, we were 18, 19 years old, we're like, hey, let's start a business. and. The first business idea that we came up with was tanning. And the reason we came up with a tanning bed business is because we knew somebody else who was in that business, who ironically I'm still very good friends with today, hmm. um, that was doing really well. And, and so we said, okay, you know, Todd's doing great at tanning, let's do tanning. Mm -hmm. We didn't, we weren't passionate about fucking having some kind of bronze tan, you know? I mean, right. it's just, we were trying to make money. and. Um, <clears throat> so we researched it a little bit and then we come to find out that, you know, we couldn't afford, we only had $12,000. Right. We couldn't afford a tanning bed, not even one. So they that, that expensive. Oh yeah. Oh like 50, back then they were like 50 grand. Yeah. I don't know what they are yeah. now, but, um, anyhow, uh, so that kind of crossed it off the list for us. And then what happened was we decided to open a supplement store because that was something that we were into personally. We knew about that personally. 
Uh, we were both into working out. We were both athletes. Um, we were both interested in that direction mm-hmm. in our personal lives. Um, <clears throat> so although like we didn't choose that business as our first choice, it ended up being the same thing I teach people, which is to follow your passion. Mm-hmm. And it's because what we knew about, right. you know? Um, and I make, you know, a lot of times when I talk about this with people, I make extreme examples. I remember I made a video the other day talking about if you're interested in butterflies, how to make a business out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it really does come down to following your passion because when you, and, and excuse me for like clearing my throat, but I've been sick for like two weeks, but um, it comes down to following your passion. You know, following your passion is a very abstract thing for most beginning entrepreneurs to put a, uh, their arms around and, and to wrap their mind around because it's, it's just, it doesn't make sense. You know, when you're, when you're 18 years old or you're 19 years old or you're 30 years old and you've got bills to pay and you're like, man, I want to start a business. And someone's like, oh, let's follow your passion. That sounds like some rainbow bright fucking bullshit. Right. You know, you're trying to get paid. You've got bills to pay. You know, you've got obligations and that just doesn't sound very practical. And you think, oh, well, you know, I'm going to do what makes the most money. Fuck what I'm passionate about. I want the most money. But here's the thing. You know, when you start out on the entrepreneurial journey, you're not going to make money when you first start. The first two, three, four, five years are going to be very hard. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's important to follow your passion is for two reasons. One, during that process of it being very tough and for it to be difficult on, on in the beginning, you know, you're going to wake up in the morning and you're going to say, man, this sucks. I don't have any money in my bank account. You know, my girlfriend just left me because I don't have any money. I, I can't afford my rent. I'm late on my bills. But fuck, I love what I do. Right. Okay. And that and that passion and that caring for what you do and the excitement for what you do is going to carry you through those difficult times to where, you know, you're going to be able to withstand all the other negative aspects of being an entrepreneur in the beginning to get to the point, you know, five, six, seven, eight years down the road where you're actually making great money and you're enjoying mm-hmm. your job. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, and then the other aspect of that is this, is that to become an expert in something, it's very hard to become an expert in something you're not interested or passionate about. You know, if you're not interested in fitness, don't get into the fitness business. If you're not interested in butterflies, don't start a fucking butterfly website. Right. I mean, right. It, it just, it's one of those things. For you to become the expert you need to become mm-hmm. to monetize that idea, you know, you have to be interested in it. You have to be it. passionate about it. Right, exactly. It's obsession. I mean, you've done this. Absolutely. Talk, tell, tell people what you think about it. No, I agree 100%. And it's funny because I was just thinking as you're talking about, like, my journey. Right. And, like, I used to remember the days that, I mean, there was a point where um, I was a bartender. I sold new homes. And I used to, like, think, and I'm like, what is my purpose? I have no idea what I want to do in life. You know, I always knew I wanted something, but I didn't know what. And it's funny because I ended up taking a human biology course in college and, like, became obsessed with health. Mm -hmm. Started working out. Like, became obsessed with fitness. Um, it really changed my life. So I decided, okay, well, you know, I want to have a career in fitness, but instead of just being a personal trainer, I decided to just open my own gym, knowing nothing about business or fitness or anything. Right. And, um, just became absolutely obsessed with it. And so that's the thing is like, you have to have the constant desire to keep bettering yourself and like learning more and more. And then I think there's a, there's two parts of that equation. That's the first most important part. Right. I think the second part is, is like having passion is great, but you have to see opportunities as well. So it's like having passion and taking that and turning it into an opportunity, which is... And I think that's where most people struggle. Like when yeah. we get these questions that, that, that you have here yeah. about, you know, 
how do I know what's right? How do I make my passion into an income? I think that's the connection that most people can't make. Right. Is how to monetize their passion. It's just like I was listening to the ebook by Seth Godin, and right. he, he calls it a rift. Right. It's like seeing that rift and jumping on it. Mm-hmm. It's like he talks about Walt Disney did it with like the animation and the theme parks, and he saw a need and he took his passion and, be, and made it into that need. So it's kind of like morphing what you're doing and jumping on an opportunity. Well, and also you got to realize that you're not going to hit a home run every time. So let's right. say you know you're it, you're Walt Disney, right? And you want to jump in and do the theme parks. He saw the opportunity, but he was already into that business before that ever, that opportunity presented itself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, recognizing the opportunity, like if you wait until you think the perfect opportunity is there to jump into something and get into something, you're you're too late. Because there's already people who are in that industry that are knowledgeable and become experts. Three steps ahead. That that have already seen that opportunity and probably Mm -hmm. created it. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, one thing that I noticed about you, Andy, and, and also you, Ter- Teresa, is that I think a lot of people, when they think of entrepreneurial endeavors, they think you know they think of innovation, they think of starting something new. But I think what you guys have kind of learned is that you don't have to overcomplicate it. You don't have to come up with some brand new product that nobody's created. You just have to do something you like and something that you're passionate about, and then uh, and make it exceptional. And make it exceptional. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Make it better. Right. Mm-hmm. Make it right. better. There's two ways to innovate. I mean, there's coming up with something brand new. And then there's taking something that already exists and making it exponentially better, right. mm-hmm. you know. And and that's, I think a lot of people when they think of innovation, they think of the first way, you know, coming up with something brand new. Mm-hmm. There's very few things out there that are brand new. There is a fuckload of things out there that need to be improved. Right. So you know, you need to start thinking about, hey, that's good. They're doing this pretty good, but I can do it that much better. Absolutely. And I think both of us, I mean, you and I, uh, Teresa and I, have built our companies off of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I didn't invent nutrition. Right. You know, well, look I mean, at fitness is, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. It's saturated. It better. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So Teresa, my job in the, uh, in the podcast is to restate the obvious for those who were dropped in their heads as kids. But basically what you guys are saying <laughs> is, is, you know, if you want an idea, start with, what do you like? Yeah. What do you like to do? That's where you got to start. What I mean, are your interests? That's, that is the place to start. And yeah. so like, I recently watched a video online of, of a quote unquote, you know, mentor of I, the internet. I don't know, but it's like, make your passion money, make your passion money, make your passion money. Look, everybody's fucking passion is money. If you're an entrepreneur and you say you don't like money and you're not passionate about making money, you're full of shit. But you have to, dis- you have to distance yourself from yeah. the idea of focusing on the money. Because when you focus on the totally. money- You make bad decisions. That's right. And, and the other thing is, is you don't, you only have so much focus and energy in a day. Mm-hmm. So if you focus on the money, all the time, that's focus that you are wasting where you could be focusing on creating something awesome or doing a better job or mm-hmm. creating better service or better product that will make you the money. So you have to understand money is a byproduct of the quality of the work that you do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, so 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 making your passion the money is probably the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. It's coming from somebody that I it's clear through my Observation. I, I just don't think that it that get, yeah. it was good information to tell somebody. Right. You know, and right. <clears throat> and you have all these guys online selling these online how to make money fucking quick and this and that and all this shit. And the reality is that there is no quick way. You know, if somebody tells you I went from zero to a millionaire in twelve months, dude, they either inherited that shit or they're lying, mm-hmm. or they made it by selling you a story about that. Yeah. You know, right. it, it's just, it's, it's not realistic, you know, and, and most people jump 
from idea to idea to idea to idea their whole entire lives instead of just sticking into one, becoming a true expert at it, one of the best in the world, and 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 putting in the work and then letting the rewards come to them, you know, after the, they've invested that time. You know, and I'm gonna tell you, and, and any legit entrepreneur will tell you, you have to put in the fucking work, you've gotta be consistent, and you have to be willing to pay your dues. And if you do that, you'll build a viable business. I mean, I just watched a really cool um, episode of Ask Gary Vee, and you guys, you know, mm. Vaughn, I love Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. I, he's one of my favorite authors, I, I think he's awesome. Um, but he talked, some guy wrote him a question about like, hey, you know, how do I monetize being on the internet and, and, and just uh, hang out on the beach all day and, and like smoke weed? Like he literally <laughs> asked this question. Is he just, from Colorado? Dude, I don't know. But like the point is, is like that's the fucking mentality. The mentality is, right. is that there's these secret ways to make money. When, and, and his answer was perfect. He's like, man, you know, like there's like out of a thousand people, there might be one guy who did that. And, and that guy probably put five or six years of hard ass work to figure out how to do that passive income. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And then on top of that, he's probably selling you the program and making a lot more money. Right. You right. know, yeah. I, it's just, it's not a realistic thing, man. So you're better off just saying, hey, all right, you know, what am I, what am I interested in? I'm interested in X. I'm going to yeah. become an expert X. I'm going to figure out how to monetize X. Right. You know, and you know and, that term passive income is even oh, it's even, bullshit. Well, that I mean, it, it doesn't. I understand the use of it, but it doesn't. It doesn't account for how much work went into getting to that point. That's or, or even no. That was the point it. of what yeah. Gary said on his thing. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's not. It, it didn't account for you know the years of expertise, studying, work right. that went into figuring that out. And like, and, and these guys, they get online and they they sell these kids. These kits, like, hey, buy my kit for two hundred dollars, and I'll show you how to fucking, you know, make this much money. It's like, dude, you're making all your money off selling the fucking kit, right? You know, right. It, it. I don't know. I I would just hope that people listening to the show will listen to me, listen to the people that we bring on the show, and then the fact, and we're getting a little off track, but the point is, is like, dude, invest yourself now mm. in this passion. You know, learn about what it is you're interested in. Become an expert, right? You know, and by the time, you know, five six years from now, you know, it took me a long time. But you got to remember, I, I built my business before the internet was really some like a huge thing, right? You know, so it took me longer. Now you have more opportunity to go quicker because there is other tools. There's there's instant access to everything now. So right. where it took me ten years to you know buy my first Lamborghini, it might take you five, right? Because technology is different now, right? But fuck, five years that sounds like a good deal to me, right? Five years and then do whatever the fuck you want. We we talked a little bit about passion, right? You've got to be interested in it. Teresa, you even said, you know, that's what you became obsessed with. I know you're obsessed. You still yell at me. Every I want to add something to when you're every nervous. time you see me drink a diet coke, she yells at me. Oh, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. there's so many chemicals in there. I'm like, fuck, yeah. I'm gonna be dead anyway. I, I think don't there's care. a third yeah. point that we didn't talk about with that too. What's that? I kind of want to touch on. I think like when Wait, you're, you're backtracking, huh? Just for that. like a, a nanosecond, because I think kidding. it's super we important. Do. Okay, is you know like whenever you're starting any kind of a startup, unless you're like massively funded a big part of it is getting people to believe in you and oh, selling your X, whatever it is, your product, your service, your business, whatever. And the way that you can successfully sell that is by believing in it hundred yeah. percent. And you don't, you're not going to believe in it and be able to communicate that passion or that, you know, belief unless you are passionate about it. Yeah. And it's like, they say basically sales is the, you know, I guess, 
transference of emotion and passion. And that's exactly why people who are like uber passionate and obsessed with something can sell it so great and you can get people to believe in you. And that's how you can really build a great company. At least that's how I've been no, successful. No, 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 I, I agree. That's it's how I've point. been super successful because I'll tell you, nobody gave me a big check to start businesses. Yeah, it's right. about getting a team of people that really believe in you. And yeah. it starts with you believing and, a lot of times, and loving what you do. A lot of times those people work for you for free. They, the absolutely. That's because what I'm they saying. believe in you. But you believe in yourself and what you're doing. You love it so much. It The energy. Yeah. Dude, I've got guys around. here. I have guys here in this office, in this building. That's such a great point. But I have people in this building, including my brother, who left his job at Johnson & Johnson, a Fortune 500 company. He was the number one salesperson on earth in their company mm. for three years straight. Wow. Left his job, took a 50% pay cut to come work at First Form because he believed, he believed in it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because you believed in it. Right. Yeah. And there's people in this building, there's other people in this building who have worked here for 10 years and you know now they're they're getting paid you know what they should get paid but you know they work for a long time for less than that because of what you're talking about absolutely and we i'm can, not saying that they were i'm not saying that, that because you want to take advantage of people no i'm saying that because it's fucking necessary for everybody to sacrifice to build Absolutely. something great. That, that, that was my point, is I just <laughs> right. think that's such a huge component. No because doubt. people could have a great idea and be passionate, but if you can't get a team of people to help you, unless you have somebody mm -hmm. literally writing checks to you, right. it's gonna be hard to right. make it on your own. I mean, you have got to rally these people, you have to inspire them, they have to believe in you, and they have to know you have an unrelenting passion and desire to and make that, it work. And that all and flows if they believe in you, exactly. from passion. And they can read it if it's fake too. Oh, yeah. If, yeah. if it's not genuine, no one's gonna do anything, that no, no one's gonna buy in. No. So it's just, to me, like, we no, in six months like from that. now, you'll see that dude at dinner and be like, what happened to that idea? Exactly. Uh, it didn't, it didn't yeah. work out. Yeah. Because the passion was probably because they thought they could make a buck. Well, exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I wrote an article about you and here I am. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. So, I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, anybody who says the passion's not a big aspect or, or a starting place for an idea, they're not getting the concept of true entrepreneurship. Right. Mm -hmm. That's it. I mean, mm -hmm. you have to take what it is that you love and you have to figure out how to become an expert at that, which if you love it, that's going to be easy because mm -hmm. you're probably already an expert. And a lot of mm -hmm. people get hung up, I think, because they know so much about something, but then, and there's two kinds of people, you know, there's, there's people who, you know, they know so much about something, but refuse to accept the idea that they're an expert. Mm -hmm. They're like overly humble. Um, and then there's people who don't know very much and think they're an expert and you know so you have to be able to differentiate yourself and and, mm -hmm. and step outside of your own body and become self-aware of like where do I really fall and how much do I have to learn to become one of the best right you know right. so I mean that's an important aspect but I think <clears throat> you know most people in this position okay like let's say all right they've been listening to podcasts all right I'm passionate about you know x how am I going to turn that into a business? Because some things that people are passionate about are they're difficult to turn into a business. Um, for example, you know, I, I I take guitar lessons. I've been taking guitar lessons since I was thirty years old. Um, my friend who, who who has become a really good friend of mine is a guitar teacher. Uh, you know, let's he he makes his money teaching guitar lessons. Uh, you know, over the course of time, we become good friends and we talk. And you know, a lot of times we talk more than we practice. Um, and we end up talking about business because he's interested in, in, in becoming, uh, you know, a, a real business, not mm -hmm. just him teaching somebody. Right. And so we talked, and over the course of 
last two years we've come up with different ideas and this and that. And now he's got a website that he, you know, he he subscribe people subscribe to that he teaches people from all over the world um, in groups. It's like in, at groups at a time. Wow. And he's doing really well. He's, and he's able to do that even he though he can't do that, you know, in person yeah. with the tactile type stuff. No, no, no yeah, he doesn't. Wow. Man. And then amazing. he's got courses that he sells now, wow. and he's got. He's all these uh, all these different things, these products that he's created out of his exactly. Yeah, that's perfect. Right, and that's when I think of like, because and the reason I bring that example up, and the reason I like that example is because like when he first said, "Man, I don't know how to make you know this into a business, like a real business," like I didn't have an answer for him. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know, you know, and we just kind of worked it out over time. But But, it's great because when you hear a guitar player, you don't think entrepreneur. No, but that's exactly what he did. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and so. You know, the example I used, I made a YouTube video the other day and uh, I talked about, I used butterflies as an example because like, how do you turn, you're passionate about butterflies, how do you turn that into a business? I mean, I can't think of anything that would be like tougher than that. Like, (laughs) I'm going to fucking make a business out of butterflies, but here's the, here's the way it works. The way it works is this, you're passionate about butterflies. You know everything about butterflies. You know their weight, you know their origin, you know where they live, you know the colors, you know the patterns, you know every different type. Okay, you're probably a top 1% of people that know butterfly stuff, mm-hmm. all right? How do you turn it into a business? You know, so that's have, the question. I have the best yeah. example for this because every time I watch, it just astounds me. Do you ever watch, like, what are those, uh, the TV shows, like, the reality, the Pawn Stars or whatever? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The When the people come in to, like, value the stuff, yeah. it's like the expert of weaponry from, like, so-and-so. Yeah. Right. It's like, who... Who is this person? And they get, they get paid a ton of money to do right. this. It's like the most random, insignificant that you would never even know. And they're a complete expert. These people pay them tons of money to come in right. and like appraise these things. Well, yeah. I'm like, he turned it into a business. Well, right. and that's, his obsession with whatever it is. So that right. comes from that that comes from the idea of the masses. Okay, so like people think that they have to have the attention of the mass majority of right. people to make a successful business. You mm-hmm. don't. And You're actually, far better off exactly following finding a, a small niche. niche. Yeah. Right. right. We talk about this all the time, but you know, with the butterfly thing, I mean, you know, like I said in the video the other day, it was like, okay, you, you, you start a website, you start a blog about butterflies, other people who are not as knowledgeable about butterflies, but want to learn about butterflies, come to your website. All of a sudden you've got enough traffic to where you can start selling some ads on your website. All right. Right. Now, um, you decide you want to make butterfly can koozies and you can make the can koozies because everybody who loves butterflies wants butterfly can koozie. Right. You know, of course. Duh, who doesn't want one of those? Of course. Right? Then you can make, uh, you know, car covers for your garage. So when you open up your garage, you got like two butterflies in your garage. You know, (laughs) then you can, you know, um, make butterfly Snuggies, you know, so that when you lay on the couch, you can sell all this shit on your website. All of a sudden you got a business. You know, that's how it works. So like what people think, like they come and they say, Andy, I don't know where to start. And I say, well, what are you passionate about? That's what I'm talking about. You can literally turn almost anything into a business. It's just connecting the dots from A to Z. And that's what I what I hope that you guys could take away from what we're right. talking about now. Right. It's not necessarily that, you know, you don't have to have something that every single person you know is going to buy. Right. If you're interested in it and you love it, there's other people just like you that love that same shit. Guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Right. Guaranteed. Right. And that's all you need. Right. You could build a hell of a business like that. And you just... You know, will you ever be Microsoft? No, but you might be able to, you know, you could easily earn six figures a year doing a niche business like that. Right. 
so we've been talking about principles. I, I'm, I'm, I'm would be very interested to hear about method. Okay, because I know, I know you read a lot. I know you probably think a lot. Like you mean, you, like coming up with ideas? Yeah, like literally. Or am I, am I jumping the gun here? No, because because I've been reading a lot. I mean, probably the best. Uh, well, compl- Teresa, like, did when you started uh, the Keating Boss Fitness? I mean, how how did that come from? You know, passion to idea to business. Oh gosh. Well, and when you were just talking, I was actually thinking about it because it's funny. I think another trait of a successful entrepreneur is even if you have an idea and you try it, it doesn't work really well, you adapt right away right. and you yes. figure out what works to turn your passion into a business right. because you may start with the one thing and it's a constant process exactly of, of figuring out what yes. works. And so this is kind of like um, I ended up you know, having my gyms and to be just perfectly honest with you, it was way too much work. I had two babies in between and I was, you know, had the baby on the gym. It didn't work out the, the way she, that you wanted to, it but was how just, much did you learn? Oh, a ton. See? And honestly, well, that's a whole other podcast right. about failing and how much you learn from right. it because I could never be where I am with today without that. Exactly. But end of the short is I ended up learning a ton, exactly. And, you know, taking about a year off, I wanted to start another business. And I kind of fell into this because it's so funny, like when you're talking about back when I used to like not know what I was going to do, I was obsessed with fitness. I owned the gyms. It was great. Da, da, da. Well, all of a sudden I started becoming popular on social media and I became this like fitness person that everybody came to for advice. And mm-hmm. so I started, I'm like, okay, well, I should really start turning this into a business now because people are coming to me for advice. I can create programs. I can do online training. Um, and then what I found is it's kind of like where I'm at the process now is like even that's evolving. So, you know, people are getting tired of the online training. So how can I fulfill their needs? Like what's missing? Taking a look at you. Know, how can you make it better? How can you be exceptional? And that's kind of where I'm at now. So it's always, always, always a process. Mm-hmm. And you start at one place and you could end up at a completely different place. Right. So you think most people think of the process is almost like it's being on a train and you just have two tracks that you have to follow, whereas it's really more think, like a dune buggy. I think buggy. a lot of people do, and it's that's more what like hop in, go, and I agree. Turn. Yeah, they're yeah. just like, oh, yeah. I agree. I don't know what to do. Instead of just starting, they overanalyze yeah. Dude, and they think they the have this thing perfect you do, recipe. The best thing you do just in start. entrepreneurship is fucking just do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Just, even if you don't figure it out. Look, nobody knows what the fuck they're doing no. when they start. No. When I started Supplement Superstores in 1999, I can remember. I can remember, like, this is weird, but I can remember, like, actually customers, like, legit transactions that I had. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of the first two or three days, you know, we didn't have much people, uh, many people coming in. And I had a guy come in and ask for a product, you know, it was called Celtech, and it's made by a company called MuscleTech. And uh, this guy comes in, and he's like, well, what's this for? I didn't fucking know what it was for. It was just there. <laughs> like, I, so I, like, took the, I took the product, and I started, like, reading it. I'm like, well, here it says, you know... <laughs> It says this is this and this is this. You know what? The guy bought it. You yeah. know, and you know what? The next time somebody came in, I knew what the fucking shit was for. Right. Exactly. Experience. All right. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't know yeah. anything. Yeah. And now, you know, depending on who you ask, I suppose, I'm probably one of the biggest experts in the world on on this industry. Right. You know, I mean, I'm not tooting my own horn, but it speaks for itself. I think people think they need the plan. No, you when don't. They just need what you a have, plan. What you need is you need to fucking start. Yeah. Exactly. And then what you need is you need to keep to going, keep making mistakes yeah. Yeah. and realize every time you make a mistake and, and that that's a part of your education. Right. You know, instead of like going and getting a fucking PhD in entrepreneurship, no, make a lot of mistakes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because that'll get you your PhD in entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And that's where people don't, they don't get it. They think like, Oh, I made a mistake today that cost me a hundred dollars. Well, dude, you know what? That same mistake at 10 years cost you a million. Right. Or ten right. million. Mm-hmm. Right. So be glad that you learned and don't do it again. And and it, and once you make enough of those mistakes and you do enough shit wrong, 
Eventually, all that stuff compiles together. And, and it works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Teresa, going back to you, though, in terms of just real nuts and bolts, I'm, I'm curious. Like, would, did you, were there times where you literally sat down in a Starbucks or wherever and, you, you know, you had a, a notebook and you just wrote out all your ideas? Andy, how did you do it? I mean, how, how did you, yes. what's your I mean, thought? I definitely, how do you, uh, that's how I work. Work so. out your thought process. Are yeah, you I, all? I, I actually think this is good because I think her and I, do it different. Mm-hmm. So this would be a good, a good thing to bring up. For me personally, like ideas come from, I, I read a lot. I read a book a week. I've read a book a week since I started in business. Um, I get a lot of ideas from books. Mm-hmm. So like for me to get get my idea, you know, juices flowing, I, I read, okay? And do you then, usually have a pen in your hand or are you no, just mentally interacting? I, I, I actually uh, notepad? put my notes notepad. in I do. my uh, I do notepad on iPhone. Yeah. Um, but I get... You know, I get my I get my juices going. I read. I, I take things that people have done in other industries, and I figure out how they can apply to our industry. Um, and that's how I come up with my ideas. You know, right. I, I look for problems that need solutions, mm-hmm. and and I look mm-hmm. for opportunities to do things better mm-hmm. constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like when I go to dinner. You know, if we go out to dinner, um, and a restaurant does something that I don't think is right, I I, I take note of it. You know, I, I, it's annoying. It's kind of annoying to go to dinner with me, you know, but like, cause I'm always pointing out like, Hey, they should be doing it. They like could this. be more efficient. Right. right. They exactly. should be doing it like this. Right. And, right. and I make that, that's a part of who I am now right. because I've been doing it for so long. Yeah. So like anytime I see something that can be done better, I automatically like look at that solution, mm-hmm. even if it's not in our business. Right. So I, I think, you know, as far as like idea generation, you know, I'm just, constantly filling my mind with thoughts right and it just keeps it right moving well you know? but that what's funny is that there's this I, I brought this in today it's a technique for producing ideas there there's like millions in print uh, it's guy by a guy named james webb young you just actually articulated his first point which is just constantly be gathering data right constantly be like gathering material in your mind right. and, and i think a lot of people you know reading a lot of know? people are looking for this thing like i'm gonna come up with this idea and I'm I'm gonna execute this idea, and I'm gonna I'm gonna start this business. I'm gonna do this, and everything's gonna work out. And then the rest of the time, they're gonna go what, play video games. Yeah, it's just not how it works. Yeah, I mean, if you're not gonna immerse yourself in the process of being in business, of being an entrepreneur, you are not you're not an entrepreneur. Yeah, and you never will be. Yeah, you know, you either are, or you aren't. And if you think that this is gonna be like a a quick little journey down the fucking yeah. railroad tracks and then you're going to find the pot of gold, right. you know, dude, it's not like that. Right. It's, it's constantly learning, constantly you're evolving. Knocked down, yes. stand back mm-hmm. up. Yeah, dude, mm-hmm. you're you get knocked solution. down every Even when you're like day. on the, you're like riding, everything's going great. And then it's like, douche. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, but I love your, uh, I love your statement just about reading. And uh, I, I know Jeffrey Gittimer had a, um, the sales guy. I know you like his, some of his stuff. He had a great post on social media on his Instagram the other day. It was, uh, if you want to be wealthy, you have to have a wealth of knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, and just the, the importance of reading. Although Kim Kardashian's an exception to that, but, and there are some, but. Or a sex tape. Yeah. Slash sex tape. Right, right. So, uh, so Andy was saying that you <laughs> do fun. things differently, Teresa. How, how, how did you process the well, whole to be, idea? Well, to be quite honest with you, I'm actually very similar to him in nature is what you're talking. I thought you were talking about more the second step, which is after you have an idea, like how to actually bring that into fruition. No, I'm actually talking about, you use the example or the, uh, excuse me, the uh, phrase idea generation. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm very similar. In fact, um, it's funny because 
sometimes I get I almost have to stop reading books because I get so many ideas. Right. I can't even I have to like shut it off. Right. Yeah. So I do the same thing. In fact, I was just doing it on the airplane. Is like and it could be for my business, it could be for a new business, it could be for something completely different. But literally I just get so many ideas and I keep track of them and then if it's something amazing, I jump on it. If it's something that I think for my business, obviously, I start working to implement that. Right. Um, but it definitely just gets my brain going. It's I'm, I'm exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, so you don't write things down because I find that extremely Second helpful. step. No, if I have an idea yeah. that I want to implement, then as far as like strategizing, then yeah. I absolutely have to go and do like an outline, an agenda, how I'm going to itemize it, a task list. That's what I meant. Yeah. I thought I didn't realize you meant idea. No, I, 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 I've been doing this thing for years. It's called free writing where you literally just take, you know, a notebook and you write down literally anything that comes to your mind and you and you don't censor yourself you just write 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 and there's a great book called accidental accidental genius by uh, Mark Levy that talks about how that's really helpful in idea mm-hmm. generation so for, that works for me I don't I don't know that everybody has to use a you know pen and paper or whatever but I don't, getting I think, ideas down on on some form of you know whether it's a computer or whatever, I, I just think it's really see. Helpful. I mean, for I know for Andy and I because we've talked about this before. It's just like when we went to dinner that one time. It's like there's no shortage of amazing ideas. It's mm-hmm. like we could right. come up with ten ideas right now at this table in right. five seconds that we could mm-hmm. turn to a business. Right. But it's having the time and yeah, but see to be able to realistically be, do something successful. Yeah. We all I, know that we we only have so much time in the day. Yeah, but that is a product of of constantly being in that state for Absolutely. years and years and, and years. And you're seeing opportunities. So, right. So yeah. so. Where a beginning entrepreneur, they they might not see any ideas, and they might not see any, you know, opportunities because they're so blinded by the money thing. Mm-hmm. Stop thinking about the money and start thinking about solving people's problems or how things can right. be done better. I think right. the fear. I mean, I know you oh, t- yeah. you've talked a lot about that in your podcast, but I think that paralyzes people too. It's like yeah. they have an idea, and they if they could just get rid of the fear, yeah. and just jump on it and do it, then well, and that's the the fear is right. What's the fear? The fear is oh, it's not going to work out. Ridiculed, failing. Yeah. People right. are going to laugh at me. I'm going to yeah. be embarrassed. Yeah, I'm going to be blah blah blah. But here here's the truth of that fear. The truth is this: what what are you more afraid of? Are you more afraid of getting you know failing a couple times? Are you more, or are you more afraid of staying where, exactly where you are for the rest of your life? Right. You know what I mean. Hmm. And and I think that's something that people need to think about. I also think that people need to also think about, you know, the the fear thing. I'm a big believer that you can make anything work, anything, mm-hmm. Work, mm-hmm. as long as you're willing to pay the price to make. If you it believe work. in it and you right. work hard, absolutely. Right. That's interesting because I, I something that crossed. Uh, into my brain when the, the people ask, you know, is this a million dollar idea? Well, think, you would probably. Yeah. I think anything could yeah. be a million dollar yeah. idea. You I make think, it a million yeah, dollar idea. Exactly. Absolutely. So, there's, no, yeah. there's no easy way. Like, yeah. no. That when people ask that question, I understand what they're asking because I remember what it's like to think that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, my whole life I grew up wanting to be in business. My, you know, from the time I was eight years old, I was selling, you know, baseball cards and light bulbs and popsicles and shit like that. You know, I've always been interested in business. Yeah. But, the thing is, is that I remember what it's like to look for that, like, I used to always look for that quick, not quick money, but like, this is for sure a million, like, it's like mm-hmm. this home run idea, like, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, the fucking light bulb, you know, yeah. like, oh, I've been in the light bulb, <laughs> yeah. you know, I look for these massive yeah. ideas. Started the internet. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I think a lot of, of entrepreneurs get in that mindset of we're going to think of the world's greatest yeah. idea. But the problem is, is that those ideas, while they do come around and people do have them, they're very uncommon. 
Right. So if you sit around and try to think of that kind of idea before you ever jump into business, you're never going to get into business. Yeah. You never do anything. Right. And, and I don't care what you say. The inventors of the Snuggie did not say, this is a million dollar idea. And yet they probably made they it. They made it. Oh, oh hey, yeah. The yeah. pool noodle. The I pool mean, noodle. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Dude, there's so Chia many pet. things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's so many things that could be made into right. successful ventures. It's just, right. it's deciding. It really is. It's, it's following what it is you're passionate about. It's deciding that we're going to make this a business and we're going to make it work and not deviating from that fucking plan. And acting like you exactly. said, just doing things. Well, so with that being said, though, obviously you want an idea that has some viability. So how did you guys go about deciding, okay, my idea is viable? It, well, are it, other people doing what you do? Okay, that's point number one. Yeah. Is there yeah. a need, really? Is there it's a market? Like what, is there a need? And yeah. is there a need is, is part of the equation, but it's also... If there is a need that's being fulfilled, how could you do it differently or better right. yeah. to make yourself more exceptional or remarkable? Right. Yeah. I, I, I actually am ashamed to say that I just learned this principle a couple years ago, which was I used to think, well, if I, if I write this book, but there's so many books on this until somebody said, yeah, that means a, there's a market for it. Right. You know, and, and I think people think that sometimes. They think, well, if I do this, there's all these other people that are doing the same thing. Well, good. That means there's a market. Well, for how it. are you going to write a better book? Yeah. How are you going to write a better book? Or, you know, what or maybe what's books, the particular I'm going angle? That right now. Yeah. Right. How are, yeah. What are these books lacking that I could provide? Yeah. You know, you look for the What's going to make your book stand out? Exactly. Right. Right. Uh, right. That's, I think all good entrepreneurs are very, very good and skilled at seeing the problems in the products. You know, they see the problems in the service, they see the problems in the business model. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and that's. That's, I mean, that's how I live. Yeah. You know, I see the problems. I see the problems in our industry. I see the problems with, you know, the protein products that are manufactured for human consumption. I've, I've made a living off of that. Yeah. You know, um, people just don't, they don't, they're looking in the wrong places. Mm -hmm. You know, when you start out, you're always looking, like I said, for that, that, that light bulb idea. Mm -hmm. You know, it, no. What, are you, what do you love and how can you monetize that? Mm -hmm. That's where you need to start looking, not, not looking to like, you know, invent Facebook. Right. You know, I mean, and there's people that do that, but they've also been in that industry or in that sector doing other things for a long, long time. Right. You know, to become right. the expert to do, to do things like that. Right. So I'm going to take this uh, moment and uh, we're going to break from this uh, compelling and captivating conversation to tell you a few things. Number one, we're like, like I said, we're, uh, we're still fairly new to this podcast thing, but we are, uh, we are available on iTunes. Obviously, we're, most of you are probably listening to us, but we're also available on Stitcher and SoundCloud. And of course, you can always go to the MFCEO.com and there you'll find, uh, you know, back episodes. You'll find some, some of Andy's, uh, uh, blog posts as well as some other material that can really help you uh, succeed in business and life. We're here to serve you guys. You know, the, the purpose of this podcast is to give you guys information that you can use to build your own business, um, to give you information to help you stay motivated and, and just give you the truth. So if you guys have real questions, you send them over and we'll hit them. You know, um, we're, we're, we're constantly looking to answer these questions. So uh, send me the questions, you know, and I'll get back to you or I'll cover cover the information on the show. Right. Um, right. You know, you can hit me up on Instagram. It's uh, at Andy Frisella. Uh, I'm on Snapchat too. MFCEO dash one. Um, Teresa, where's your uh, where people can find you at? Uh, my in Instagram is Bikini Boss Teresa. So T H E R E S A. Yeah. And are you on Snapchat? I am. Okay. Bikini Boss. Snapchat. Bikini Boss. Okay. Mm -hmm. I am not on Snapchat, but I am on Instagram at Vaughn Kohler. 
not going to jive into Snapchat quite yet. It's, it's booby-free Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what you think. I'm yeah. sure it's not. Uh, so anyway, guys, um, Teresa, thanks for being on the show. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Um, Vaughn, thanks for making corny jokes. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. That's the way I contribute meaningful. I'm providing yeah. value. Uh, guys, shoot me those questions. Ask Andy at the MFCEO.com. Uh, hit me up on Instagram, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Take it easy.